gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. Prince. Here's Gourlami. Hey guys, and welcome back to Who Watches the Watchers. This is Kenny. This is Paul Damien. This is Ian. All right, and this week uh, we are doing a movie. Paul Damien, you've been asking for it. You wanted it. We told you no, we wouldn't do it. You know, we didn't want to do some alien film that you've been barking about, you know, but here we are. We finally, we set up our new system where we were going to do whatever we want. And so this today we're doing this really crazy alien film that I can't believe even exists. You know, it's crazy that this movie even kind of was in the world. And I think more and more people need to go see it because it's honestly uh, pretty incredible. So, yeah, this week we are doing Nope, but uh, directed, written and produced by uh, Jordan Peele. All right, let's get into it, guys. That's very disappointing. <laughs> I, um, I, okay, so I was going to go see Nope. Oh, you haven't like, seen it yet? Wait, no, you didn't I haven't see the seen movie? It. So I was going to go see it, and uh, me and Amber walk into our theater, and uh, there's somebody sitting in our seats. Oh. So right away, I have to be like, I'm, I'm sorry, because I'm not going to be like, get the fuck out. But yeah. I have to be like, hey, um, I'm sorry, uh, me and my fiance, <laughs> these are our seats. And so I got to remove. I got her fucking move, man. And uh, <laughs> um, so we order our our stuff. It was at Flix. And we order what do you, our stuff. What's your go-to at Flix? Uh, I get a beer. It's a Luna Rosa. Oh. It's one it of the IPA? beers. It's a beer that they make. It's a wheat oh, beer. Oh, okay. It's actually really nice. A wheat it, beer? Yeah. <laughs> no, not a weed Dude, beer. Hell yeah. Um, it, it reminds me of Blue Moon a little bit, but okay. less, it less sounds, citrally. It sounds citrusy. like their version of Blue Moon. Um, but anyway, uh, the sound cut off. As soon as oh the movie God. started, the sound cut off. And so they stopped the film and they gave us all uh, passes to go back. They didn't even try worked. to fix it? They did for like 20 minutes, oh, but okay. it oh, didn't. Oh, my God. Yeah, nothing worked. So wow. they gave us our, they gave us, uh, they comped all our meals, yeah. everything that we That's ordered. Cool. And then they gave us um, a voucher. Voucher. So what did you, did you guys just eat in the dark theater? I was about to ask for those no, twenty minutes that they were. We got them on? to turn the lights back on. So y'all just ate in a quiet theater. I mean, with a bunch of other everybody was talking. Yeah, yeah. The it basically just turned into a restaurant yeah. for the wait staff was minutes. like just there talking. Like we were in the front row, not the front row, but like when you walk in that first row, we were mm-hmm. right there, and so they were just right there talking, and me and Amber were just listening to them talk and just making fun of them and. Stuff like <laughs> yeah, <that. I> mean, <laughs> Oh, it's like in a digital era. I wonder what the fuck could have possibly gone wrong that they couldn't. It overheated qu- quickly. The fixed. projector overheated. Oh wow! And so, I I think probably something just went off and it shorted out the speakers. You know what it said? It said nope. Yes, that's, not doing it, dude. We could not stop making <laughs> that, that joke. <laughs> We're like the movie told us nope. All right. Well, I guess since you didn't see Nope, we'll do Dreamcatcher. Okay, have you seen then. Nope? Sweet. Yeah, you got nope. you got seen Nope? Because nope. <laughs> okay, I know that you were a little upset. scared to see it. Yeah, I'm right. actually I'm gonna go see Bullet Train today, oh. and I don't want to see it. I wanted to go see Nope, mm. but I, I would be excited to see, see either of those movies. Yeah, I heard Bullet Train's really cool, but it is just 
Flash and not yeah, anything substance. more. Amber wants to see it because Bad Bunny's in it for three fucking minutes. Oh shit! Is that her? Is that her J Lo? That's her J Lo. <laughs> <laughs> That's her Bad Bunny. Yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> I get very upset about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Last week you were talking about how J Lo upsets uh, Amber, and yeah. now Bad Bunny. Yeah. That's funny, but I I mess with her way more about it. Than oh, you do. She does with me, yeah. But I also care more. About yeah, <laughs> I think Ashley's might be Oscar Isaac, but she won't outright say it. She, you know what she says sometimes? She says uh, that when I get old, I might look like Oscar. <laughs> it's and, a hopeful thing. <laughs> <laughs> so you know who you might look like? Yeah. <laughs> she said that when she first saw the Dune trailer, Oscar Isaac like turns back and like looks towards the direction of the camera and she was like oh shit that's ian when he's old like I can see that like just in that instance that's what she saw he's not the bigger and, hair <laughs> yeah and i was like that's the most exciting thing anyone's ever told me <laughs> the next day you proposed <laughs> yeah exactly that's what happened yeah for sure um no but yeah we're talking about Dreamcatcher this week uh this is the lawrence kasdan film um not a director of many films lawrence kasdan he's a writer more so. Mm-hmm. Um, but then this is based after the Stephen King book that only came out two years prior to this movie coming out. Which is a surprise to me. Right. And on top of that, this is the first book that he published and wrote after his big um, near-death experience mm-hmm. where the car ran him fucking over. And I think we see that with one of the characters yeah. in this movie. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's this is uh, Dreamcatcher. Uh, not... Super well known today. No, mm-hmm. not really. Definitely a lesser. I mean, maybe for like big Stephen King fans, they'd see us as like terrible for saying that. But I right. definitely don't see this as one of it's his front running projects at all. The big, and yeah, obviously this film adaptation not being like some larger reflection of it, like you would see with like either of the It projects, The Shining, you know, mm-hmm. so many other countless things. Mm-hmm. Even like the Pet Cemetery movies, which in my opinion are kind of not the greatest either iteration. I love the original. Do you? Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, I just they, those still exactly have like a cult you know, standing that this just never seemed to have maybe caught, even though it seems like a very interesting mix of a lot of his ideas yes, culminated is, into one space, you know? For sure. He, I read an interview, or no, a snippet of an interview, where mm-hmm. he said that he wasn't sure if he was ever going to be able to write again after the really? car accident. And he said that he thinks because of the mix of that mentality and um, his, you know, I'm sure he was on all kinds of painkillers and yeah. shit, it kind of skewed his writing process on this book and it became almost like a mixed bag of everything he's done before and then shuffled around and then displayed out on a page, you know, when it mm-hmm. cause there's tons of referential aspects and uh, yeah, yeah, so many. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's, let's talk about this movie. Uh, 2003. Yes. That mm-hmm. sounds right. You're Maybe right. It's 2002. Let me double check. I think it's 2003. I think you got it right on the nose. Yeah. 2003. Boom. Uh, rated R, two hours and 14 minutes. I forgot how long this movie was, but honestly, when watching it, mm-hmm. I didn't feel its length. I was like, damn, I am running through this movie. See, this, How did y'all feel? Well, I want to talk about your first experience watching this movie. Yeah, how old when were, were you? When you Where were you when you watched this movie for the first time? Because you're, you're bringing my, this movie to us. Yeah, probably in my room watching it on fucking sci-fi. Oh, like, okay. Like on TV, yeah. So a lot of, a lot do you of think it was a censored like this, version? 
Yes, there's definitely some okay. little bits and pieces cut out. You know, it, it was made for TV audience. Right. Um, but a lot of these movies um, that I really enjoy and that I like bringing to y'all were originally they're on sci-fi. Originally, I saw them on like so sci-fi or cool. just like TV <laughs> to some point. You know. Yeah. Um, but this this movie really stuck with me because of how I guess like kind of grotesque it can be mm-hmm. in some points, and how interesting and like. Out, kind of outlandish it can be in other points yeah you know it, it really stuck with me because it's just kind of crazy and it re- they really get the ball it's, moving on the in the movie it's yeah. i'm gonna tell you it's unfucking believable that this m- movie exists really in my opinion I'm, I'm oh sorry sorry, sorry. Uh, siri's trying to chime in shut the fuck up <laughs> yeah. siri she You're loved the movie shut the hell up bitch <laughs> oh <laughs> i think uh the soundboard's trying to battle siri right now Go kill yourself. Go. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, yeah, no, this movie's unfucking believable, in mm-hmm. my opinion. It feels like it feels like Lawrence Kasdan was trying to do his Green Mile with this yeah, movie I can because see that. it has so many things to do. It the the length of this movie speaks to that, I yeah. think, which mm-hmm. is like unbelievable that this fucking movie exists you wouldn't expect a movie with, with this premise to be two hours and 14 minutes long you'd expect yeah. it to be an hour 45 at the most right yeah. right i mean and what i think is a problem to that just a little bit is this feels to me like a poor book adaptation at times which well, just really feels like they had obviously all of these ideas mm-hmm. from the novel they needed to get into this project but hardly had time right. even in the two hours they took to get them in there so it's like even with this kind of fluffed up time frame, it feels like they still have a lot of stuff that feels not totally flushed out because right. there was just obviously a lot going on in this novel, which makes me a little curious to read it. People just to see don't it. like the book. Yeah, I can believe it. Um, I think I've been listening to The Stand uh-huh. lately. Um, and then it makes me think of when I listened to, the, to it, uh, you mm-hmm. know, a couple of years ago. Stephen King writes stuff that I don't think should be adapted into a movie. Like, frankly, I, there's too much going on. There's too much to happen. He's just so descriptive. But there's also so many events. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In all, every one of his books, there's so many events. That's why it had to be two movies. Yeah. And then even on top of that, the second one didn't land for most people. Yeah. You know and, what I mean? And like, if fucking, I've, I've never read it, mm-hmm. but um, Amber has the book and I've gone through some pages and there's, there's a lot. There's too in much. that fucking book. There's, yeah. it's ridiculous. Like Amber would go be like these three pages right here is just all description of the scene. Yep. And it's like fuck. <laughs> and that's that book is his masterclass in my opinion. Yeah. That's like him firing on all cylinders. You know. Yeah, well, that's I can, fire, I can firing see on that too though. All yeah. cocaine cylinders. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> the eighties, bro. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, I mean, I really felt like this, that was my biggest struggle with this movie is that it really felt like, oh, like there just kept exactly being more and more ideas that Mm -hmm. now had to be kind of brought into this. Because when we first get introduced to these characters who obviously have all been bonded by like psychic powers that Mm -hmm. have been given to them by this, you know, third party we just keep hearing about for large chunks of the movie. It's like, okay, that's a cool like element. Uh, uh But now let's throw them into like, I guess, alien quarantine zone, you know, like those, Mm. they feel like two separate ideas completely smashed into each other. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Um, 
Yeah. I feel like if I had read this book, I feel like I'd probably really like the story just mm-hmm. because of how fucking bonkers it is. But this, there's no, it does, this story doesn't let in, lead any credence or lend any credence to only a two hour long movie that feels like, like 15 minute episodes. Yeah. Every section of 15 minutes feels like something else, something what? different. Oh, wow. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. yeah. I can kind of see that. And what I will say is that uh, if I feel like if I would have picked up this novel like right on the heels of maybe it or something that also took place in Derry, I would have probably really enjoyed this book for those those reasons. Mm-hmm, I would have yeah. been able to like make my own psychological connections to be like, this is how all this relates, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. And that's where I think I could have really enjoyed this story from what I can tell the book probably has to offer to us, you know? Yeah. Fucking aliens must really love Derry. Derry. <laughs> There's something about dairy. It's, it's on like yeah. a y-axis that just makes it pure evil or something, you know. It's probably like the magnetic field or some bullshit. Because right? yeah, Pennywise is like an interdimensional being that mm. loves terrorizing this town, and because he feeds on fear. But th- the the things that happen in this story aren't in dairy for the most part. Like the alien invasion doesn't happen. I forgot in dairy. where are they. They're not that far out of Boston, so they're yeah, that's right, right? Yes, Massachusetts. And so, Derry's in Maine, which is a good yeah. ways yeah. off. But I guess Duddits would be the main thing so, that came out of Derry. Yeah. Yes. So this this movie has two endings. It has the one where Duddits turns into an alien, and then the one where Duddits fights it with his psychic ability, and he uses. The I've weird, never seen that. He uses the weird. Uh, I've never ever seen that. Okay. pointing yeah. technique. Interesting. Yeah, and so that's a little bit more referential to the movie, or to the book, excuse me. Oh, really? Because apparently in the end of the book, Mr. Gray is already long gone, and it's fucking Jonesy's character that has like his psychic residence or resonance still ringing in his head, Mm -hmm. and so Duddits has to battle that on the mindscape, Mm. and Duddits is only ever just a user of the shining and he's able to extend the shine out to, Oh, he's not an alien. He's not a fucking alien. Yeah. Like in this, like in this movie, (laughs) this decided to make him. Yeah. Yeah. So do you think Mr. Gray? Yeah. Mr. Gray is an alien. Okay. So do you think if y'all had read that, y'all would hate the fuck out of this movie? No, no. So I don't like this movie, but I don't hate it either. Mm -hmm. I have a weird fondness for it. And I think everyone ever, whoever exists, should watch this movie because yeah. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I can't believe this movie exists. I can't believe this movie's existed for almost 20 years and I've never seen it yeah. or even had it come across my, you know, no one's even mentioned it to me yeah. before. It's crazy. I thought- I've so, talked about it. <laughs> I think so. So I've always thought that this movie was more about Native Americans. <laughs> so did I what when I first watched it? What have to do with dream That's what I want to know. So I thought this movie was about... It's probably explained in the book. Maybe. <laughs> True. I think it's because Duddits makes dream catchers. Yeah, it, there's like just that. the one thing where they're like... Them. It's like we a all... way that they connect to each other. I yeah. think the dream catcher we see in the cabin is the one they all made yeah, together the one time. But it's just like, I guess that is the premise to build your whole story's name after i bet you anything in the book it's like how they describe how duddits connects to them as they're all connected by the dream catcher mm-hmm. regardless i thought this was about like a, native americans a, a white guy that ends up 
talking, hanging out with a bunch of Native Americans that would end up, aliens would come down and it would be m- much more contained than mm-hmm. what this I fucking mean, movie is. Look at the cover yeah. to the DVD. Like, <laughs> it looks like a Native American fucking story. It right? does, yeah. It's it very misleading. Does. I just pieced together what it even is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a frozen body. One it's, of the frozen. It's whenever hosts. they're driving back yeah. from getting picking up beer and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, so let's talk about a, a couple of the actors in this movie because there's really only like seven actors <laughs> in this movie. I know, and they did such a good job. For most of them, yeah. <laughs> uh, surprisingly, I think Thomas Jane was one of the best actors in this movie. I, I would honestly agree, and yes. had the biggest like weight to carry throughout it. You yeah, know? I I thought. Um, Damian Lewis was the best actor. See, and he had to play multiple. He had to play a couple of, and roles. that's where it was yes. very. And impressive. that's why I thought he was so good. Yeah, that's yeah. a good call. I'm. He's he's a British man, Damian Lewis. Mm-hmm. He plays Jonesy. He also gets. He also gets Mr. Gray in, in like his body. Infected mm-hmm. by Mr. Gray. It's like if Venom was a smoke monster. That's how he like, parasitically injected himself into him. It's more like a I I. I've always seen it more like as a parasitic fungus. Yeah, but it's through spores. Yeah, yes. inhalation. Yeah. Yeah. But that, that's why I say fungus. Yeah, you know? but it, it can morph his body into Mr. Gray. Which is super cool. It's very interesting. Mm-hmm. I like Mr. Gray's first appearance mm-hmm. when he just shows up and he's huge. The, and, the and humanoid and, alien. Yeah. yeah, and he doesn't have the, the, the teeth crack up his so mouth, his that, body yet. So that um, Morgan Freeman's character uh-huh. talks about that in the movie. And oh, he, he does. He yeah, says, "I missed this." That's just a disguise that they use because that's like uh, other aliens uh-huh. have looked like that. They've come in contact with humans and they're more friendly, and so they look all cute and cuddly. Uh, that's can, what he's saying. And he mentions they can read our minds. So they know that's what we would like more uh-huh. accept visually, like exactly. a big yes. green ahead, you know, big Gray. eye alien. Yeah. So when we see them all begging for help or pretending to beg for help, they're all in that form. And then as they realize he's just gonna fuck them up, they turn around and become their like fucking mm-hmm. monster. They look slug like forms. They look like phallic raptors, yeah. <laughs> dude. <laughs> the way they run, <laughs> they, look, they look like um, sperm cells with legs. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, but Jonesy, he gets Mr. Gray in him, which is the alien. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess through the shine, Duditz has predicted Mr. Gray or knows that he's coming. And he, what upsets me, I think, the most is that Damien Lewis is a British man. And mm-hmm. so Mr. Gray is British. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's in the book. But I think it kind of sucks. Yeah, well, he crash landed in Britain think, the last time. <laughs> I think they only did it in the movie to distinguish, to help the audience distinguish between the two characters, right? Because he, you know, he has a very, actually, very good American accent. Yeah, he does in the movie. Whenever he's Jonesy, then right. make Damian Lewis an English exchange student. Yeah, <laughs> and then the right. main character has an English accent, and the alien doesn't, and that's the dissertation. <laughs> that would be kind of cool, right? <laughs> um, yeah, but they're all lifelong friends: Thomas mm-hmm. Jane, Damian Lewis, Jason Lee, and Timothy Oliphant. Um, Oliphant, that's from uh, the Winnie the Pooh movies, right? The <laughs> the Oliphant. No, that's the Ephelant. The Heffalump. Timothy Heffalump. <laughs> <laughs> I love that guy. <laughs> I always forget that he's in this movie. Yeah, he's 
he's got more of a baby face in this movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's got no beard. He's got more of a rounder jaw. And he played... I feel bad for him and Jason Lee because... They get the, the short end of the stick a little they bit. They really set it up like, oh, this is like the Losers Club. But not really because there's only a couple of survivors at the end of mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And they're... <laughs> Which, I mean, is kind of like the Losers Club a little bit, but still... I don't know. It's not done as well. Exactly. The their the lead ups to their deaths don't feel quite as like payoff. And that's one thing I thought was another weakness of this movie a little bit. I feel like it didn't really know how to kill off its characters mm. like emotionally, you know yeah. what I mean? Like in a dramatic kind of way. Cause when both happen, it's meant to feel dramatic, but I neither of them really came off like, Oh damn, that person just died. It was like, Oh, I guess that just happened. You know? Especially for Timothy Oliphant. Yeah. Especially for, for Timothy Oliphant, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the only one who really cared was Thomas Jane. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it made me laugh because when he sees Beaver dead, uh-huh. he goes, he goes, oh, Beaver. Oh, shit. Yeah. Fuck me, Freddy. And it's like, so they, <laughs> and they're, they're three different shots. They're three different shots. Yeah. So clearly what happened is he filmed like 20 different reactions, reactions <laughs> and, they, and they were like, we really like these three. And though. Lawrence Kasdan was just like, ship it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> They're like, no, no, it's not ready for go. And he's like, no, it's, it's done. I, I know, love it. Lawrence, we need you to pick one of the scenes. <laughs> yes. Just waving it on. Yes. <laughs> keep going. Keep going. We got two hours and 14 minutes to fill. <laughs> um, Morgan Freeman's in this movie. He plays oh, a his, psychopath. His, uh, eyebrows are also in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, Morgan, how long have you been growing them? He's like, since my last film. <laughs> They're like, go and keep it. We love it. It's like a shelf. You can store your awards, your military awards on it. <laughs> They're like, eyebrows, how long have you ha- been attached to Morgan Freeman? <laughs> my whole life, man. <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> That's how they sound. That's how they speak. The interviewers just thought nice. Uh, <laughs> and he just takes off flying with them. <laughs> like, gotcha. Morgan, where are you going? <laughs> oh, shit. He's going I feel back like... to heaven to roll over us all. You know what sucks is the whole military shit, the... the um, the quarantine of all mm-hmm. the people, all that shit. Mm-hmm. It it's neat ideas. There would have been a really economical way to cut all, all of that out. Mm-hmm. Cut out Morgan Freeman. Cut out Tom Sizemore. Thomas Jane never gets into the quarantine, so he never has to break out. He just needs to go get fucking duddits. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There could have been a really nice economical way to cut all that out. But it is cool, even though the graphics aren't good. To see them fight the aliens, yeah, mm-hmm. and to see more of the aliens, I would say the the worst part about the graphics is probably on the smaller things and the bigger things, like yeah, because the aliens look yeah pretty good. Yeah. They look it's like the giant explosion, right? Looks fucking ridiculous. Or the, uh, the helicopters, <laughs> yes. Or the tiny little the tiny little aliens. The they slug. Look, the, oh yeah, the, yeah, little, the, the worms, babies, the little yeah. worms, yes. snakes, whatever. They they look a little ridiculous. I think they look and um, I think they look pretty. For good. The little slug monster looks out of place, yeah. but it, it matches the rest of the CGI at the same yeah. time. You can tell Stephen was very influenced by Alien. Yeah, it must have been Absolutely. on in his hotel room or not his hotel room, his, his hospital room. Bed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and he was because like he names Jonesy after the cat. The mm-hmm. redheaded guy is named after the orange cat. 
the plague is called Ripley, Ripley and they literally are like, yeah, like the bitch from that movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, geez, okay, we're just really just pointing it out there. I love memes. <laughs> um, and then also the fucking, the fact that your body has to host the alien in order for it to come out. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure Steven was like, what's the most realistic way that the alien would come out? Yeah, it's going to come out their ass. It can come out of their butt, Paul Damien. Which I think's hilarious. It, so, it's the, like he wanted to be funny. He was like, "I'm gonna do alien, <laughs> but funny." Let's <laughs> have shit. They're gonna shit and fart out the aliens. It is like he was like, "Hey, this is my type five right here." Because even <laughs> our character's initial reaction to the first host we find, he's like laughing at him because yeah. his chest is all bloated, and I'd be, I'd be so worried for a human if I saw their chest like twice as large as it's supposed to be like this guy's fucked and then, up and then all of that suddenly moves to down the, to, to their, their stomach, stomach. <laughs> i don't know if it's coronavirus that has changed my outlook on stuff like this but they were so willing both damian lewis and jason lee to like help him in and get real fucking close to his mouth and yeah. well, all think, this shit i think what it is though is that he was just wandering through the forest, so in their eyes, he just has he he maybe stomach. has poison ivy on his face, yeah. and he's going through fucking hypothermic shock, right? You know, and I they they do such a good job at telegraphing how genuine and sweet these guys are, mm-hmm. and how they're holding in their laughter until they fucking close the door for this poor sick man. But the whole time, I'm like. Yeah, the room's over there. I, yeah. You can do it yourself, yeah. man. Like, Go, that's man. how I would have been. Go. <laughs> and I don't know if before the coronavirus, I would have been more like Jason Lee. More helpful. Or Lewis. Yeah. Because yeah. I remember being more fearless <laughs> yeah. about shit like that. Like, I've drank, drank water out of a puddle before. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I used to be a psychopath. Mm-hmm. I used to be like Morgan Freeman in this movie. Let's go back to the military guys real quick. <laughs> yeah, let's go back to the fucking military guys. <laughs> so Morgan Freeman plays... A long-standing alien uh, eliminator. Yeah, what are they ex- called? Exterminator. What are their team called? The Blue Man Group. The Blue Boys. <laughs> the Blue t- Blue Team. They all do f- blue face um, paint, <laughs> but and they all bang on PVC people. He's been doing it for like twenty years, or over twenty years, <laughs> right? Yeah. But he's very proud of his gun. Mm-hmm. That was that he's now handing down to Tom Sizemore, mm-hmm. and guess who gave it to him? The original alien killer, John Wayne. <gasps> Gacy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just no. thought that that was funny. They're just like, you know who gave this to me? And Tom Sizemore is like, yup, John Wayne. Like, that, what? Where does that, like, oh, that was the obvious place nice. you, we were going to go where that came from. A pearl-studded fucking, like, magnum. It's like a Desert Eagle yeah. or something, Owen's right? like, I don't, I don't know who the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> I've never met a John Wayne. I've, I've never even heard. That's the first time I've ever heard that. Is that... <laughs> Is that Batman's dad? <laughs> Who are you talking about? Is that Batman's like, grandfather? No, I'm Batman's dad. That's so, what Morgan Freeman says. So you he know, thinks he plays Batman's dad. So you know who I got this from, right? The guy from the pawn shop. <laughs> For a great deal. You should go over crazy, there. Crazy Jim. Yeah, crazy Pete. <laughs> crazy Carl. There's the, the three crazy brothers. <laughs> <laughs> they have a great pawn shop. Yeah. <laughs> crazy pawn. Um, crazy pawn. Let's take a very quick break, and then when we come back, we'll finish talking about this fucking movie. <laughs> Alex Jones has become my sexual muse. I cannot. I can't. Uh-oh. Can't even get hard unless I'm just watching him just scream about something. They're just turning like, the frogs gay. <laughs> Dude, stop. I'm pretty <laughs> yeah. sure the frogs 
are gay. You know, he's married to a frog. You give me a half chub. He's married to a male frog. <laughs> he's married to the frog from Gullah Gullah Island. Do you remember? Did that you frog? know that he's also a frog? <laughs> he is. He's a frog in disguise. <laughs> They're turning me gay. <laughs> <laughs> that's why. That's he, why he's working. Yeah, that's why he's so upset about it. <laughs> he's like, "They're coming for me." <laughs> I'm successfully gay now. Um, let's talk about Dreamcatcher. Uh, Kenny, did you? How did you feel about the movie? I it, this feels like a fucking sci-fi movie, or a movie that sci-fi would play on their. It feels like a made-for-TV movie. Um, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so I just I didn't know anything about it, so I didn't know what to expect a lot of the times through it, you know. Mm-hmm. And so by the end of it, it you know I kind of already you know aired my wares which is by the way what a weird ending right absolutely it feels (laughs) so much of this feels like a Stephen King project brought to life and that's what's even funnier to me is you can feel like his faults as a writer in it but then you can feel like the faults that a lot of people get wrong in trying to like translate his writing into Mm -hmm. cinema Um, so it feels like a true Stephen King project and but like I said or like Ian I think put it really perfectly it feels like this weird sentiment mental piece that Mm -hmm. has so many like soft easter eggs or like connections to other things that stephen king has put out there that i loved that i really enjoyed just sitting through the experience and imagining that these were four boys who grew up right across town from our losers club you know at the exact same time these are kids who could have known each other and are dealing with these things probably simultaneously even perhaps you know yeah that's just a cool idea to get to uh, imagine i I like to think that um, Stephen King probably had a lot of fun writing this book, mm-hmm. you know, because it's such a mosh posh of all his other things that I, I feel like it was probably something he felt like he could relax and do. Oh, more it was than probably his, a leisure. Yes, yeah. it was probably more fun for him to do it. And that's also probably why it's not as widely known in his other stuff, you know, because mm-hmm. he didn't take it. Maybe he didn't take it as serious. I, you know I, what think, I, mean? I, I think he was just very worried about putting it out. I, uh, he said somewhere that it was a misfire. You think it was a bit of a passion project for him? I think I think it was a rehabilitation project. Yeah, is what yeah. You know, we've kind of come to learn. Yeah, seven hundred and four pages. That's bonkers. So and I mean, long, it's a decently. The long movie book. feels like mm-hmm. it's trying to adapt seven hundred and four mm-hmm. pages. Um, Morgan Freeman, like I was saying, he's part of the Blue Man Group. He's bringing <laughs> Tom Sizemore in mm-hmm. as his next man because they know each other, I guess. And he's shooting off fingers, and they know John Wayne. And they know John Wayne. They love that man. Um, but. He's like, I can't, I can't be doing the alien hunting no more. I need you to hear Tom Sizemore. It drove me crazy. Yeah, <laughs> and he's literally crazy to the point where he shoots right that private's fingers off. He shoots mm-hmm. him into privates. Um, <laughs> he shoots his private's fingers off. <laughs> yes, um, and so that already sows the um, the worry in Tom, Tom Sizemore's character of mm-hmm. like he's lost his mind. He's been doing this for too long. And I wanted to ask you guys, do you think that it might be a poor reflection of them trying to say that he's just probably mentally contacted too many aliens and it's fucked up his mind in like the opposite way that I guess Duddits had fucked up or I guess gifted the other kids? You know what I mean? Like, because he's he's like lost his mind. Definitely. There's, there's deleted scenes where when he's getting in the helicopter to leave after he's, his station has been taken over, uh-huh. he's like, just shoots men just right in the chest. Like, like, Oh, here's your ID. You know, just poof. He right just the, kills him yeah. just to get his, his mission done. 
I definitely think it's probably partly that and just the fact of like he's grown so paranoid of mm-hmm. like everything mm-hmm. around him and exactly this reality of someone being able to have what, what do they even call it a passenger or whatever a hitchhiker, yeah, a hitchhiker the hitchhiker yeah. inside of them that now he's it's like turning into that where it's like anybody could be him you know yeah. it's like double dual wielding fucking guns just just akimbo yeah. akimbo desert eagles <laughs> uh, <laughs> they're on his fucking eyebrows <laughs> yeah I think I think that's what it is on top of the fact that he he says that like uh, you you got to imagine what he's planning to do with this group of people he's done that over the course of his 20 years right yeah. you know yeah. so he probably is just also fucked up from the memory of the fact that he's just slaughtered hundreds of people right you know that's true yeah i mean he's he's so far gone at this point i think the reason why Morgan Freeman probably signed on to this is because, you know, why Shawshank, Shawshank yeah. was a fucking goldmine for him. Yeah. Um, but not only that, I think that the reason why they had to keep a lot of this military stuff in was because Morgan Freeman signed on to do this part. They're very proud of every one of those names above the title yeah. on the DVD case. <laughs> oh, yeah. Which is literally all seven men. Um, Tom Sizemore included, <laughs> which I would think is maybe the least notable man in the movie. Um, I know him as the guy that wants to fuck Charlie in <laughs> in fucking It's Always Sunny yeah. when he's like, "Oh, you're a lot lizard, right?" You know, he wants to, he wants to, he wants to fuck Charlie so bad in that show. <laughs> I did not even put that together. That was fucking Tom Sizemore until you just fucking put it in my head. I'm That's a demon. fucking hilarious. Okay, this one's gonna be real bad oh news my for my ass. <laughs> um, his you know his career really went up after this, <laughs> after this film. <laughs> that um, let's talk about Duddits. Yeah, no, actually, let's talk about Tom T- Timothy Oliphant's death. Because yeah, there's the mm-hmm. hosts. They poop out the slugs. Um, real gross. Mm-hmm. They, then those slugs eat, and I guess those are like the the young versions of the full grown aliens that I we later so. experience. But so. then they're also the ones that lay the eggs. Like they don't. Like, oh, that's true. You know, it's like as a smaller version is when they reproduce, and then they're like done with that shit and get to go be big. I guess was that was one thing I was kind of like, yeah, the, re- it, the reproduction cycle is. Yeah. yeah, it's probably so that way they can reproduce really, really fast mm-hmm. and have an army. You know what I mean? It's it, just yeah. It's like at a very young age, and then once you're an elder, that's when you're capable. You're of essentially like mind a soldier, control and, yeah, or at least just mentally speaking. Because I guess Mister Gray is really advanced because he's not with the spaceship that's crashed into the side of the mountain. He's out on, infiltrating. He's ready to. Yeah, he's like on his own mission. He was right? probably like, like the fucking commander of the spaceship yeah. or something, you know. And they were the distraction. Yeah. Um, you're right, Kenny. Yeah, it is weird the reproduction cycle. It's very mm-hmm. interesting, but I, I want to know more about it now. And then same thing. Well, what does the Ripley do? Because that also, I guess, I think that's when people. they have a worm in them, isn't it? Because so the they Ripley... said some people it doesn't affect. They said it gets on some people, and then some it just goes mm-hmm. away, and then they're completely unafflicted by it, and others end up getting, I guess, the alien inside of them. But that's yeah. I thought that maybe they had to ingest a worm. And so, like, in survival, he eats. He's eating the berries, mm-hmm. and there's probably a worm on him or something. I don't know. Cause then, no, yeah, because no, because the dog, the dog eats the flesh a, of the dead deer. Yeah. And and Jonesy's there telling, or Mister Gray is telling, right, him, telling him eat all the red stuff, That's all right. that red stuff. 
So they and have to so, ingest either the Ripley or the. I think it's I think it's the red stuff. I don't think it, it's it's the worm. The worm, no. yeah. I think it's essentially the red stuff is essentially like a so, fungus. So do you think that, that develops into the red stuff? Can the Ripley can mm-hmm. get on? Uh, what is it like the berries? Yeah, because it's a living thing. Because mm-hmm. he doesn't the the first man that shows up at the cabin, he doesn't really talk about eating animals. He talks about berries yeah. that's in his stomach. Um, but then yeah, we see the horde of animals running away, which is fucking very interesting to watch. And then it gives you the idea of like, what the fuck are they running from? <laughs> they didn't really ever explain other than the maybe helicopters. From the military, I'm assuming they're running from the crash site. Oh, yeah, the crash out of the aliens. Do you think they're letting out like a mental wave of like, get out of here, go away, (laughs) spread that shit? (laughs) No, there was probably initial explosions (laughs) that scared them away. No, it's just you know, if you see a crowd running, you're gonna run with them. (laughs) A crowd of CGI animals, I'm sprinting with them. (laughs) There's, there was probably like several aliens that exploded into. Into the Ripley, into the oh. red dust, yeah, and That's that was true. And then it had infected all these animals, and I'm assuming maybe they can kind of control them when they infect them. That's, That's tr- interesting. You know? well, they also just die. Yeah. Maybe yeah, it's some of like them, some of them just die. Maybe their body has to be strong enough. I don't know. Yeah, Mister Gray has to be like mm-hmm. super advanced. Yeah, yeah, like because they don't even really say why Jonesy's be able to become a hitchhiker. They yeah. only really Thomas Jane just says like, "Oh, I think maybe it's because he died once." Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and see, so you that's know. and that's another thing I wanted to get <laughs> that's into. So true. I mean, that he, he's like, "Yeah, it's probably because he fucking died." So now he just and Tom Sizemore Tom Sizemore well, the whole time is just like, "Okay, all right." <laughs> he's like, "So he's a zombie, dude." He hops on board for fucking Thomas Jane shit pretty willingly. Dude, Morgan Freeman just talked to him, he talked his ear off about all these aliens, and then Thomas Jane is just acting all weird and telling him all these weird secrets. And he's like, and "I Tom can read Sizemore's, your mind." Yeah, and Tom Sizemore's like, "Not an alien. That yeah. that guy's for real. Yeah, <laughs> good human." <laughs> like he just told him about a hitchhiker. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, "These fucking crazy aliens can read your mind, dude. Watch out for them." And he's like, "No, nah, this is a good dude." <laughs> But that is the one thing I wanted to talk about was their powers as far as like we basically get to see that both uh, Jonesy and Timothy Oliphant have like specific a specific power set. You know, Jonesy, I think more being the mind palace, uh, palace that yeah. we get to see where he gets. To, and that is what I well, apparently was they all true. have one. Yeah. Well, oh, they yeah. do. Yeah. They all have oh. a, a memory warehouse. That's right, but, the memory warehouse. But I think, yeah, you're right. I Some think characters, his, his was like the most the, intricate, the most intricate and the most well built. But also because you're going to spend so much time in his mind, it's the only one they present to yeah. you. Yeah, and so and, Beaver, I, Jason Lee's character is probably a reflection of how far you stray from Duddits and his and the Dreamcatcher. Yes. And so that's why he's like, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't remember even remember that. that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but go on, Ken. But exactly, and so we see that he. I say, I assume that was his power against Mister Gray was that he. We he we mentioned that he has this hidden room mm-hmm. within his mind warehouse, and obviously that's where he's trapped himself when he's hiding from him. But then Timothy Oliphant's got the fucking find it finger, you yeah. know. Yeah. But I then, would argue that um, kaleidoscope finger. That Jonesy is the mentally strongest. I think so. Like if you look at their personalities, he's definitely the mentally strongest. Yeah, Thomas out of Jane all four is of them. like. Uh, he's he's a suicidal therapist, yeah. 
But he's probably the most compassionate one out of all of them. And then, That's true. But what do y'all yeah. think? I guess his specific yeah, power on. was that he's like a seer, I guess, that he can really like get into people's like deepest, oh. darkest secrets. And he could f- sense them around him. Yeah. He seems to have a good size like radius of mm-hmm. being able to detect people. That's true. Yeah. And then Timothy Oliphant's a drunk. So that's why he can't fucking keep up with yeah. his single power. But then he what was fucking Beaver's fucking I special think, power? I think Anxiety. he just being a little shit. He can <laughs> sing Blue Bayou pretty he's, well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He can sing Blue Bayou pretty well. I think he's literally just Richie from it yeah. again. <laughs> yes. Richie he totally fucking is. Dude. And so there, and Stephen King was like, I'll show you Richie lovers what I think of Richie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna kill him right now. Which, by the way, dude, Terrible. when he drops all the fucking toothpicks, I'm like, God <laughs> damn it, this mother! I'm like, just fucking leave him alone. Yes, <laughs> leave him on the ground. He has such a bad oral fixation that he needs a toothpick so badly. It's that... his anxiety, man. We get that trope twice in this movie, by the way. We get the toothpicks, and then we get the fucking matches later oh, on that's with right. fucking Thomas yes. Jane. It's the exact same trope. So I fucking laughed out loud when literally Thomas Jane tossed all the matches in the air. Well, at least he caught one. He still had one. Yeah. That's what I think it was meant to be a payoff, but it just felt double trope. Yes. <laughs> I was like, oh my god. They should have done it a third time where Timothy Oliphant's character is He drops like, all the beers. Yeah, he's juggling the beers that he he, he catches barely one. catches one and the top falls off. He's able to drink it instantly. Um he dies in the dumbest fucking way. Definitely. Mr. Okay. Gray just turns Damian Lewis into Mr. Gray. Well it's it's his fault. He says, Bite my bag. Yeah. It did the the way they showed it in the film, it didn't make a lick of sense. It just suddenly Damien Gray from behind is the big slug mouth and he chomps the top half of Timothy Oliphant off. But he's just all gone. So he puts the hood on, then he grows, yeah. turns around and eats that. Him. Yes. Yeah. But then it instantly like doesn't let us look for too long and instantly goes into the mine warehouse and Damien Lewis is like, no. <laughs> He's like, dang it. He's all Pete. Yeah, he's like, you Damn. he's like, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> and it's that same way for Beaver's death too. He's like, Beaver, no. Yeah. He's like, he's like, ah, oh, Beavs. Yeah, he's like shit. Fuck. Dang, Fuck me, Freddy. Yeah. <laughs> well, I could do something. <laughs> no, oh no. He is he like he's talking to Mr. Gray before Mr. Gray turns into the cloud of smoke. And he's like, You killed him, you bastard. <laughs> With the tiniest mouth I've ever seen on a yeah. human. Like I I would say Jonesy's uh sorry, Damian Lewis's uh-huh. best acting is as Mr. Gray. Yeah. He's got the face for it. The tiny yeah. little smile. <laughs> Dude. No, not that part. Not that <laughs> one. But like when he acts like crazy and just mm-hmm. kind of like psycho, it's he dude, dude it's so good. It's because he's acting in his native tongue. It's, yeah, honestly, it probably is. Like, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense for these aliens to be, or at least Mr. Gray to be maniacal in that way, though. They just like, seem like monsters. You think if, they would just be eat, you know? If they, mm-hmm. if they did, or if I guess Stephen King did more of an effort to like explain them as malefic mal- what is it malicious malicious like evil like how pennywise is yeah then that attitude would seem a little bit more understandable but they really do seem like just aliens that have landed here mm-hmm. uh, well, i don't even feel like mr gray is evil in this movie 
I think that Damian Lewis's acting makes it push towards that, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I just think that he, he added another dynamic to the character. Because right. I very much see Mr. Gray as just like, look, I'm here, our species needs to survive, yeah. and it's, it's us or you. And he, because he's super fucking intelligent, so that's the only way he would be thinking. That's true. You know what I mean? But he, he does play him a little Joker esque. Mm, you know? Yes, yes. But I, I think it's an aspect that might be needed for a movie adaptation. That's fair. That's fair. Um, a little Pennywise esque. Dare yeah, I even yeah, say? Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, Morgan Freeman gets his revenge on Tom Sizemore, and. Like in it's it's a fucking scene that I would think would be in like a Die Hard movie. <laughs> oh, dude! I, I imagine your little old little little old <laughs> your little thirteen year old twelve thirteen year old Paul Damien, and you're watching that scene. Yeah, describe it's, it. It's Tom Sizemore with a handgun fighting Morgan Freeman in a helicopter. <laughs> yeah. And guess who wins? John Wayne's handgun. <laughs> With a John fucking Wayne. Fucking badass. Kind of fucking cool. Yeah. <laughs> and they both win. They both, <laughs> they both They both win and they both lose. I would yeah. say Tom Sizemore won the most, though. Yeah. Because I guess his whole thing is he believes Thomas Jane so goddamn much yeah. that he's willing to go pick up Duddits and then drive him all the way out here on a, on a whim. But I mean, I guess as as Thomas Jane is saying stuff, more and more stuff does become true as Tom Sizemore is helping him get, you know, duddits and so on and so forth. But it's still just like, fuck, that's dedication to something that is really hard to see. What a leap of faith. Yeah, for real. For real. Okay, now let's talk about duddits. Let's talk about duddits. I don't like this. No. I don't like... Do you not like the way he was portrayed? I don't like how he was portrayed. Definitely the, not. Is does he have any, a disability in the book? Do you have oh, any I'm, sure. I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure. I'm confident. The kid Duddits does a decent job, but every time they do the flashbacks to the kids, it feels like the original It movie. Yeah, where it's like yeah. very made for TV, very haphazard, very mm-hmm. not haphazard, but like. It feels like standby Pennywise. Yeah, is what I literally get from it. I'm not even. It, it feels like the B team was directing that. The scene. fucking bullies. Oh my god, the bullies! In the They're trying play. to make Duddits eat a dog shit with the the yeah. most firm poop you've ever seen. Because obviously, if he's struggling with that much, that would have been. Huge. It's just clay, and that I don't know what about him, but that main bully with the Letterman. He looked like such a fucking loser to me. Yeah. Like, I see that guy and I'm just like, do you you have a hunchback, sir. Yeah. <laughs> Who are you making? How are you playing football? <laughs> he keeps the football in his hunchback. Oh, yeah. They can't get no, to it. No, they literally got, like, the fucking boom mic guy. Like, they were like, who the fuck? We need bullies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, just like that. The way you did it, yeah. you, like, look to the side. You're like, fuck, who can... You, what's your name? Yeah. What's your name? You want to be an actor? Come here. It's just the guy working the craft. Like, <laughs> my name's Damien, sir. They're like, oh, that's a douchebag's name. Get over here. <laughs> my name's Damien. And then Damien Lewis is like, what? <laughs> what if they just went to some high school and just found some douchebag? <laughs> it's very possible. Regardless, that scene, it's, it's all just so kind of goofy Absolutely. that it's it's hard mm. to really get invested. And then when you have you to know, tell this me, is this is Pete. 
He could fly. Yeah. Yeah. No, the, the dialogue, it's it's very Stephen King dialogue. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. It feels like literally they just transported the words from the book into the script. <laughs> Probably. Um, But it just, it feels so corny yeah. and cheesy. And then when you add the, the mentally handicapped part of it, it feels even more like... It feels a little rude. It, yeah. it feels forced. It feels like yes. the American Dad episode where... Uh, Roger's trying to win an Oscar and he makes the Oscar Gold movie where he plays a mentally handicapped oh, no. uh, Jewish boy hiding from the Nazis. That's what it fucking feels like to me. It feels like lame shit yeah. that is really trying to tug at heartstrings. Yeah. I, I felt like the the young Duddits was okay. Yeah, I but think the he older was the best. Duddits, I think the, he was the best kid actor out of the whole group. Yeah, the I, Wahlberg Duddits. <laughs> I'm not too sure about that. Yeah, one. a little rough. I know. I think that you're right. The entire thing could have probably been better if it if they changed the dynamic of how they even met Duddits. You know what I mean? If it wouldn't have been this mm-hmm. weird bully situation, and it was just them like, saving him from fucking just anything like else. It, like the make, bully situation with it. I mean, yeah. Um. Yeah. Exactly. But I was gonna say, make it the whole situation where they found that little girl. Make that how they kind of found Duddits. Even make him have had like reached out to them mentally, and that's I, how they initially connected dude, with him. Or I was hoping. You know? I kind of did like that part because then, yeah. like, they were like boy detectives. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Anyway, what were you gonna? No, say? I was just saying. I was really hoping that they would find a a red balloon down there. Oh, wouldn't that be such a cool Easter egg? Yeah. Just like. Just that. Like, yeah. We never found Jane. Or like you just see like something go away into the darkness and it's just never explained. Yeah, like a clown's like a frilly hand collar. Yeah, or something. exactly. Just real quick. Just like, like you have to really pay attention to that see would something be like that. That would be really cool. Cool. Apparently in the book, there's a graffiti somewhere. Because if we look at the timelines, yeah. these mm-hmm. kids grew up maybe 10 years after the uh, original the Dairy Crew. Losers Club. But apparently in Derry somewhere, there's graffiti that says Pennywise still lives, which I thought was kind of cool. I read that on a message board somewhere. And you know his crazy ass made him write it. You know? <laughs> True, yeah. So can I um, no. real quick <laughs> read y'all a couple of the, uh, or at least one of the review titles on IMDb for yeah, this movie? go ahead. Um, one of the top ones is misunderstood and underrated. Okay. I can very much see this movie misunderstood. I'm not too much sure about the underrated part. Yeah. I would overrate it because I'm biased. Right. I'll, I'll be but honest. you also like consume I, this at a much younger, impressionable yeah. age. And I, I love sci-fi stuff. Yeah. You know, so this... You love like, curious sci-fi I stuff. I love old school sci-fi channel stuff. Yeah. So this would... Is it. Yeah, yeah. this is it. Ooh, this, this is actually it. Dreamcatcher. <laughs> <laughs> we both did the same joke. Um, if I was going to title my review, it'd be definitely caught sh- caught some dreams during this one. <laughs> and then put, what a snooze. That would be my whole <laughs> my whole <laughs> And then like 90s. <laughs> um, so an- another one of the titles says, this is a failure. <laughs> but a truly magnificent one. <laughs> which I would feel is the probably one of the best ways to describe this movie. Kind of, yeah. yeah. Like I, I I think that this movie is very beautiful in a lot of aspects and it's very well done in a lot of aspects. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's a bit fucking silly. Yeah. You know. But I've never read the book, so I don't know if it's silly because of uh Lawrence. Or because of Steven. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. I, I get exactly where you're coming from. I think it's a mix of the two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I 
I kind of want to see this movie remade. Honestly. Really? I would like to see it maybe as like a Hulu miniseries. You know, that, that makes me happy because I thought after watching this movie, you guys would be like, I don't ever need to see this ever again. See, and I think I the only way I want to re-see, rewatch this is mm-hmm. with someone who hasn't seen it before. Because yeah. Yeah. I think it's complete bonkers and so interesting and nonsense sometimes mm-hmm. that it, I think it, it needs to be experienced with someone else. Castle Rock season three. That's Castle right. Rock season three would be a cool Dreamcatcher <laughs> remake for sure. the The other thing I was gonna say is I, you know, who I think would be a good director if there was a movie, a, a remake movie, mm-hmm. would be James Gunn because I think he did really? Slither, oh, and he would know how to do the more humorous parts he with would, the sci fi elements baked right. into it. Yeah, I think he'd be able to land this a little bit better. Do the James is James Gunn and James Wan <laughs> team up, Dreamcatcher? I really, I really <laughs> no. want them to remake this now. <laughs> Kind of sick. Let's start a let's start a petition online to have them remake Dream. <laughs> We're gonna get like four signatures. <laughs> Three of them are from it's us. Thomas Jane, Damian Lewis, Jason <laughs> Lee, and Timothy Oliphant. And then when it bombs, they'll say, "Oh, this movie gone Juan. <laughs> gone Juan. Now I'm gonna cut that. Yeah, part cut that one. That's a bad joke. Yeah. <laughs> it, it cooked better in my brain. <laughs> um, yeah, you fired right. that gun a little too early. There you go. <laughs> I wanted it. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Too much. All right. Um, let's rate this movie. So oh, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give it a five out of five and three alien slugs. Plus? Plus. Plus three alien slugs. Three alien slugs. Awesome. Kenny, what do you think? Hmm. I'm torn between a couple of things. You know, uh just a just a incredibly yeah. bloody asshole. <laughs> or just the world's greatest eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> two bloody assholes and two great eyebrows. Eyebrows, yeah. Yeah, that's that's your rating. Sure. Okay. <laughs> we'll give it both. I mean, there that. was two bloody assholes in this film. At least. Yeah, at least, yeah, the only two that we saw. I'm surprised we didn't see more. Um, yeah, I know, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to give it a five out of five. Five out of five? Great movie. Love this movie. Um, everyone should watch it. Honestly, everyone should see this movie. I, I genuinely think that. I, I it It's it is messy. It is, it's not convoluted. It spells everything out for you mm-hmm. perfectly. But it is hard to believe that this was really what they intended you know it it does it's not that it doesn't land the ship it lands the ship in the right place it wanted to it's just in the wrong airport for me like i like i don't know how they ended up where they landed you know what i mean but regardless i i think it was all those layovers in dallas (laughs) (laughs) i think it's a very interesting movie it feels like someone had every single Stephen King film reel, like <laughs> chopped up into pieces and like spilled them on the floor, and we're like, "Oh fuck!" And just had to like look through and be like, "I think this is the movie." Not even, you know? <laughs> not even film reels. They had like <laughs> clippings. <laughs> they had clippings <laughs> of all the different films just in a, in a single box, and yeah. they're like, "We think this is one film. You want to put it all together?" <laughs> well, thank you, Lawrence. Uh, Kasdan for for making this movie. <laughs> I tr- I honestly truly can't believe that this is a movie. 
Um, well, I'm I'm pretty happy with your guys' reaction uh, yeah. to this film. Uh, obviously, I've been wanting to do this for a very long time. Yeah. I feel like I, you've never mentioned it. <laughs> I fucking, I still really love this movie. Uh-huh. It'll be with me for a very long time until I'm dead. Um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm really happy that you guys watched it and that y'all are even now recommending other people watch it. I, it's a it's a high recommend for me because I like truly I cannot believe this movie. <laughs> yeah, you've said it twenty times. I can't, I can't, I can't believe it. Twenty one, um, <laughs> and I was never worried. I'm a I'm I'm such a Stephen King fan. Honestly, mm-hmm. like caked into my core at this point that like even the shit that he writes that I'm not the biggest fan of, I'm still like kind of in yeah. love with. So I knew some part of me was going to enjoy this film. Um, come back next week. We're going to be doing, uh, what is it called? Spirited Away. Spirited Away. I'm pretty sure that's Hayao Miyazaki. Yeah, it's um, Ghibli. It's, I'm almost confident it's him. Uh, but we, sh- we will probably have a guest on that episode, so come back for that one. It's going to be a lot of fun. Thank you for that all, Damien. <laughs> you like my throat singing? <laughs> I do, yeah. Do it again. Uh, it's like triple, double, flip, flip, a couple, double, chip. Double chip, double trip, double chip, double chip. It's like triple, double flip, from a couple, double chip, double chip. I actually, that that was pretty cool. That was <laughs> a good you. job. Thank you. Great job. Like, share, subscribe, wherever the frack you can. Yes. Keep fucking uh, that chicken, and yeah. we'll uh, see y'all then. We'll see you on another time. Another time. Bye, you rascals. Bye, guys. Get out. See you Get later, out. Mr. Gray. Get out. Get out. Great job. I got it. Go kill yourself. Go sit in over you. I Why did they make him an alien? Nobody knows. <laughs> what the fuck? And honestly, they made him a really badass alien. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was like a different breed of alien. He was just prepared to badass, dude. It will almost be an honor to kill you. Got him, got it. Go get him. Fuck yeah. Wilson! Wilson! You're an alcoholic. so long is it the whole scene <laughs> <laughs>